Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. Hello and welcome to episode 200 of the Glovers cast. On this massive milestone episode, we thought we had to get someone special from our history. And on this episode, we welcome a Hewish Park hero who played more than 230 times for Yeovil. He won promotion took part in some epic FA Cup giant killings and is someone who's in the conversation as one of our best ever goalkeepers. We are delighted to welcome Tony Pennock to our 200th episode. Hi, Tony. Welcome to the Glovers cast. Evening, lads. Thanks for the invite. Really appreciate the um, the opportunity. Fantastic. Oh, 200 up. I don't know how we got through all of those. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't get through most of them. It was you, you on your own for the first 50 or so, Ian. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good going, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, doing all right. <laughs> Tony, um, let's let's start at the beginning, shall we, of your Yeovil Town career. You you made 15 appearances for Hereford in the 94-95 season. Then you saw sense and decided to come to Yeovil in the following season. We'd just been relegated to the ISIS League at that point, and it was you know a pretty low period. How how did the move to Yeovil come about, and you know why did you decide that was the right move to make at that time? Brian Moore, the late great Brian Moore, all down to Brian, to be fair. Um, I started the season at Hereford really well. 
I think I, I think I actually played 20, 21 games that season. Uh, all, anyway, in all competition. Anyway, started <laughs> the season quite quite well, and um, then I got sent off away at Scarborough um, for a tackle that I still say it was I didn't touch him on it. <laughs> uh, obviously, had a three match ban for that, and we signed a lad called John Sheffield on all from Norwich. John stayed for three months, and uh, John played for Plymouth for years. Then didn't he, John? Um, really good goalkeeper. John stayed for three months. Then I went back in the team, and I just had an absolute shocker. <laughs> I'm honest. When I got back in the team, and deservedly got dropped, and um, the manager who signed me got the sack after no time. Greg Downs, the old Coventry fullback, won the FA Cup with Coventry. And the, the manager took over, just didn't like me one bit. I knew it from the start. And um, he was the youth team coach. And uh, I knew I was on a slippery slope. And leaving seven in away at Mansfield on Boxing Day, I think I think that tipped the edge. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was totally ostracised playing in reserves. And we played a, a reserve match away at the Oval. First time I'd ever played there. And it was full of kids. Both teams were full of kids and and me in goal and did okay. And I had a phone call pretty much a couple of days later off the back of that, really. Brian was at the game. Graham Roberts was manager then. Robert wasn't at the game, but uh, Brian had told him about me. And we went from there, really. I got invited down to, um, um, I think it was Mickey Spencer and... Somebody else's testimony. Paul Wilson, wasn't it? It's Mickey Spencer. It was against Liverpool. That was yeah, it. Liverpool? Southampton. 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 It was, wasn't it? Yeah, Southampton. Yeah. Willow. I shouldn't forget Willow. Really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I played in that game, and they they offered me a contract straight away, two year contract, and I knew I was going to drop out of full time football. I'd, I'd had a bad spell, and I I just felt I needed a change, and best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. Yeah, and what was uh, Graham Brian Roberts like? Oh, Robert yeah. was great. He was, he was <clears throat> for me as a goalkeeper, he was great because you knew when a ball came in the box, you know, there was very little chance that you were going to get smashed because Graham, obviously, you know, England international played at the level he did for so many years. Graham knew how to, how to protect a goalkeeper and um, and he used to do that. And if somebody did smash me, then um, they had Graham to deal with after that. <laughs> um, He'd go and smash him afterwards, yeah? Yeah, they, that happened once or twice with, with Graham. Yeah. So it was fantastic yeah. getting a chance to play with him and work under him. So, yeah, yeah, it worked out well for me, really, going there. I remember that that season, that 94-95 season, um, was probably around the time when I started supporting the club properly. And uh, I always say to these guys, I'm, I'm the old man of the podcast, you see. So I remember um, those. Uh, but Graham Roberts was one of those players that um, you... He, he he didn't need to be fast, did he? Because he was just such a superb footballer for the level he was playing at. He could pick a pass and he knew how to make a tackle, when to win a header, all the little dark arts that he had as well. I mean, as a, like you <clears> say, <throat> as a goalkeeper, it must have been a pleasure to play behind. I don't, I don't think Graham gets the credit for how good a footballer he was. Mm. He's remembered as a hard man, really. And, ah. well, and, he, and he was a hard man. You know, he is a hard man, but... Um, he was a really good footballer. He don't play for Tottenham for all those years, and unless you can play football, and, and Graham could certainly play football as well. You know, he could have played in midfield easily. You know, he, he was that good with the ball technically, and and, and he understood the game exceptionally well. So yeah, it was, it was it was a it was a great time. It worked out, like I said, it worked out perfect for me, and I was lucky to be around some some really good people at that time. Yeah, I mean, talking about those two seasons that we had done, because obviously didn't go straight back up the first yeah. season in the ISIS League, but then did in the second. I mean, in the 
good team like say Warren Patmore, Mickey Engwell, Graham Roberts, those kind of names that we ha- we had then. And then in the summer, I remember um, Graham added Jerry Gill and Rob Cousins from Bath City. I think they they were, and they made a a good side into for that level an exceptional side. Then obviously we had the likes Howard Warrington came in there. I mean, yeah. how Dean confident Dean Bird came in as well. Dean, course, Dean yeah. important goals. Um, yeah. We did add, you know, that first year, I thought, I did think we would have gone up that first year, but it was tight to the end between us and field. I think Hayes went up, didn't they? Hayes won it, yeah, they did, because only one went up, didn't they? And then the second year, you know, we pretty much dominated. We were up there all season, really. Um, You know, the first season, we had that lockout game against Enfield as well, Mm -hmm. 9,000, 2-0 up in no time, ended up drawing 2 all. But, um, yeah, it, it was unbelievable, really. The crowds used to get home and away. Away following was frightening. I know we tell people now about how many people should travel away and they, and they think I make it up really. Um, and I was lucky enough to play for Newport County as well. And they they were another team. Their way following for Newport used to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. People would travel. But um, yeah, Yorval away fa- fans and the following really was something. Yeah. I mean, that that team, you must have been pretty confident that season that it was going to be going to be you. Obviously, Enfield matched us play for play for a bit, didn't they, that season? Yeah, it was a bit. It was a tough league, you know. There was a lot of good teams in there, um, battling out for like, like we say, that one position to get promoted. But um, I think um, I think we won away at Sutton, and I think that pretty much. I think, I think Dino scored two that day. Obviously, Howard came in and scored a lot of important goals. Was a scored goals consistently through his six years as well, and we just had people who we knew would would score goals for us at one time or another. And um, yeah, I remember us winning away at Sutton. I think it might have been two one or two nil. And then um, you know that that almost guaranteed us, and then we beat Bromley away on that midweek game, and and that was it. Then, rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll stop reminiscing now, Ian. You go on, go on. <laughs> that that following season <clears throat> up in the the conference, how did you find how did you find adjusting to that level? And you know the team lost important players, Jerry Gill, Howard Forrington, but brought in others like Owen Pickard. What was it like for you adjusting to? conference football and the next step up obviously I'd, I'd, I'd had six years in the football league anyway before before I came came to the club um, and, and a lot of the boys had played in that division anyway so we weren't daunted by it you know we, you know from the start we we knew that we'd, we'd be a team that w- would compete and you know we felt that we competed all, the, all the, for those next four years that I was at the club we were always there or thereabouts and the last season obviously was disappointing but you know, we were always a team, especially when teams are travelling the distance they've got to, to come to us. We knew that Hewish would be a tough place for people to come and that's what we wanted to do. And, you know, in the main, our home form was always really good with the following we had at home. And of course, midway through the season, Graham Roberts was given his marching orders after Faxgate. What what do you remember about that? We spoke to Graham Roberts last year and he's admitted to being the brains behind it. So you're not going to be uh, breaking any confidences there. Yeah, he was stitched up a bit, wasn't he? Really, with what you know, the, the you know, he'd had a few. Uh, we'd had a few run-ins with Stevenage over over the over the period, and um, you know, they had the Newcastle Cup tie, wasn't it? And yeah. something being said then, and and um, Graham being Graham, just you know, <laughs> Graham wasn't afraid of, of saying what he really thought, and and he and he, he sent a message, and somebody got older and left it in the dressing room door, and. And then the rest is history. And then the next game we played was Stephen Edgeway and Graham got the sack. And, um, you know, remember that day being quite um, 
quite hostile that day. Yeah. yeah. But it was disappointing for all of us because obviously when, I'm, when a manager brings you to the club and then he loses his job, um, anybody that, that he's brought in is always going to be disappointed by that. And, and, and we all were, you know. And Colin took over then, didn't he? You know, and Colin was, a, you know, Colin's passed now, but, um, you know, Colin was a, was, a, was a great man and a, and a great coach as well. Yeah. Like it was a bit seamless that Colin stepped into it, but um, losing Graham was a big blow because of who he was and, and how he was with us as lads. Like, you know, we did miss him. Yeah, we're going to ask that actually about Colin Lippiot because he he was a very different character, wasn't he, to Graham? I mean, there weren't many people who were, who were quite like Graham Roberts, but you said there he was he was he was a wonderful man. That's the one thing everyone always says about Colin Lippiot was what a what a nice guy he was. I mean, did he have a little bit of an edge to him when he when he yeah, when got he upset to, when he needed to? Colin did. Um, it's a nowhere near in the in in the same way as Graham, but. He got his point across and he he knew his football calling. He was very, very knowledgeable of the league and the players. Uh, you know, he brought a few players into the club and made us stronger. But um, Colin, Colin was tactically very good, very good. Um, like I said, you know, Graham Roberts, he goes out saying with his past before he, he he walks through the door, everybody knows who Graham Roberts was, but um, his, but um, Colin, Colin was very good, very good at his job and, you know, went on to do well at walking. As well, and his, his first was, was a lovely man, lovely man, lovely family, mm-hmm. and um, you know the whole family came every game everywhere, and um, that was a big loss. Call nice man. His first full season in charge was the ninety eight ninety nine, and it was quite memorable, wasn't it? A brilliant FA Cup run. Um, before we get to the question, you probably don't want to talk about um, what was that run like as a player? We had that replay at West Auckland Town, I think. The story I always say, so that was my first season going and the first game at Hewish Park, me and my granddad left at 2-1 and as we get to the car, we hear the cheer of Al James Hannigan scoring that equaliser in stoppage time. And then after that game, we beat Northampton Town and, and then we get to Cardiff. But what was that run like as, as a player? Was that your first FA proper FA Cup run as well? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I made, I made my debut in the FA Cup. I was at Stockport County was my first club in the old Division Four, but I went on loan to Wigan in the in Division Three because they 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 didn't have any fit goalkeepers and I played against them the week before for the youth team as an Overage player. Came on for Christmas, got a phone call, and I'm going off the subject now. And um, manager, another person who's passed away, Danny Bagara, phoned me to say you're going on loan to Wigan, you're playing in the FA Cup on Saturday against Coventry. I was like, you're winding me up. And, <laughs> it's quite a jump. Said, uh, yeah, I'm a bit shocked as well, but you are. So <laughs> I, had to, I had to come home from Swansea back to Stockport to get to Wigan and sign on loan. And I made my debut against Coventry, who were Premier League at the time, or First Division as it was then. And the following Saturday, we had Highfield, drew one all, and then um, had a decent game. And then we lost the replay 1-0. And I made a mistake for the goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, uh, FA, my FA Cup. My yeah, it's been fantastic for me, but you know, I've, I've had a couple of little mistakes along the way. Yeah, we, we haven't quite got to that one yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> I knew you would, but yeah. yeah, that run was unbelievable. You know, Northampton, you know, we battered them that day. You know, the West Auckland one first going up there, and we nearly didn't take off. We flew from Bournemouth, and, and there was an issue with the plane. And I remember we got there, and um, 
obviously going to penalties as well then against West Oakland. I think I saved a couple and scored them as well. So it was it was a it was some night that was. And then Northampton was fantastic. And uh, even drawing Cardiff, you know, for me as a Swansea lad was was massive. You know, I didn't have the ending that I really wanted, but um you know, and, and I do get remember uh, reminded about that quite frequently as my dad. My dad worked in Cardiff for 25 years with a load of Cardiff City fans, so he took the brunt of it more than me, really. But um, to draw it in Indian Park with a massive crowd of that day was, was special. Carl Dale scoring as well. Cardiff City, absolute legend there. And, um, yeah, I think, I, you know, I always say I wish I'd let in one of the umpteen saves I've made in the ninety minutes and then I wouldn't have had to go into extra time and that wouldn't have happened but uh, you know it worked out as well Kevin Nugent who, who the, the challenge was with me and Nuge worked together together at Swansea City he was assistant manager I was goalkeeper coach for three years and Nuge used to used to bring the old phoenix of the flames back out on the training ground quite often <laughs> when, when he was fed up with me or I denied him for some reason but um, yeah listen that's part and parcel of being a goalkeeper, isn't it? I didn't think I'd make news at one under Trevor McDonald the next day. <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm sure there was more newsworthy stories on that on a on a on a Wednesday afternoon. But uh, listen, I had to live with that. Well, I'm st- I'm still living with it. <laughs> we shouldn't have brought it up, Ian. We shouldn't brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's bound to come up. It's always comes up. <laughs> but one of the big things, it, it, it's. I wish I was back in the house. Obviously, I live in Hull, but I'm in Hartford West at the minute. And um, after that game, the amount of support I had from the Yeovil fans, the letters I received, um, and I've still got them to this day. And Nigel Atkins, my old manager at um, at Hull, me and Nigel played together at, at Wigan. Nigel sent me a fax uh, when he was at Scunthorpe about it, wishing me all the best and keep my chin up, that sort of thing. And... Um, when he came to Hull, he brought it up one night. We went out for a meal and he brought it up. And I said, I still got that fax. He didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. So like months and months later, we ended up back in my house and I was rummaging through my cupboards and I, I dug the fax up. He couldn't believe I'd kept the fax after all these years. But I, I, I keep everything on terrible. Yeah. Well, one thing I was going to ask, actually, because I remember being at the uh, the game following that game as well. I think it was amazing, Stoke. Yeah, and and that was the one that I mean, you had a great game that day. I think we won two nil, and, yeah, and but... I just remember uh, you coming over at the <laughs> end and everyone singing your name and all of that. It was that must have been quite an emotional moment after what had been, like I said, goalkeepers. I know oh, I make a mistake. It was a, it was a terrible few days after. Yeah. Even that day driving to the game, I had a phone call on the way saying I just made the. The um, taxi on Soccer AM. Oh, honestly, I got to the ground and Basingstoke's dressing rooms were a, a tiny little freezing cold concrete room. And all this, these Terry's cotton had given me this big envelope of letters and cards. And I locked myself in the toilet and uh, had a moment to myself. It was quite emotional, really. And then I remember coming out. And um, I think the first shot or the first cross I dropped or I spilled a shot. And I thought, oh, here we go. And then after that, I just got myself together and had an okay game, and, and we went through. It was FA Trophy game, it would have been one of so. It was, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, listen, that's one of the things you, you know. It's, it's not it's how you deal with the the bad parts of being in anything in life, really. And um, I had to get over it pretty quickly, and, and I like to think I did. Apart from yeah. people reminding me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, Last we'll, we'll mention of it. Yeah, we'll get to it, but you definitely made up for it a couple of years later, yeah. didn't you? Um, that following season, we go for a bit of a 
managerial turnover, don't we? Steve Thompson has to step in yeah. when Colin Lippiet leaves and then David Webb comes in. We spoke to Ben Smith and Chris Wheel um, about what it was like working for David Webb. I think one of the things Ben Smith said, he was going to hang Glenn Poole from the floodlights, <laughs> floodlights. if he said something <laughs> wrong one time. Um, as an experienced player in the squad, what was it like working under David Webb? He wasn't having me from day one. Wasn't having me from day one. He came in back end of the season, didn't he? I don't know. I can't remember how many games he had. Um, and then we reported back for pre-season. That that would have been my last season. And um, I'm sure we played. It was Everton at home in a pre-season game. It was somebody yeah. big. Yeah. And um, I went in the dressing room, sat in my usual place. Tom came in. Dave Webb never came in the dressing room till like two minutes before kickoff. Um, and Tom will read the team out and I won't even on the bench. And uh, I picked my bag up and just walked walked, walked out and said something to Tom, I got in my car and drove home. Didn't go down well with Dave, to be honest. Um, but I knew he, he wanted me out of the club anyway. It was my testimonial here as well. Yeah. Um, I think obviously it was a wrong thing to do in front of the younger players. Um and I, as a manager now, you know, I would have I would have done the same thing that Dave did to me, like you know. But um, but I don't think I would have ever. I well, I I wouldn't treat a senior player that way. I would have at least pulled him to one side and spoke to him. So Dave summoned me down to Hewish Park. I had to drive all the way back down to Swan, from Swansea next day or two. Told me exactly what he thought of me, what I'd done, find me a week's wages. Um, but then I started the season, and he, well, I just done well enough. He couldn't drop me. But I'll never forget the day that um, can't remember who we beat that day. I'll have it. I, I, I still write down every game we played and what happened in the game, what the team was, and everything. So I'll have it in my diary somewhere. But um, came in and told us, and, and I was the first person out of the dressing room, knock his door and go and see him and tell him how disappointed I was, and thanked him for every, everything he did. And I was generally really gutted that he left. Yeah, because he went to South End, didn't he? Yeah, he uh, did. Which he obviously had a long yeah, connection. A long relationship with, with South End, and he? he was back and forth there all the time. His lad played there. Mm. Um, but yeah, listen, you know, we might not have got on, but I think I won him over in the end. Some maybe a little bit, but um, <laughs> I kept my place in the team, and that's all all I could do really do do my best, and and he stuck with me. Yeah. You mentioned there about it being testimonial year. I think it was <coughs> July 99. It was Southampton again, wasn't it? Because you say you played that first, your first game, was it, against Southampton? Yeah, so, that, that testimonial yeah. thing that you said. But I knew Dave Jones was my first coach at Stockport County. Of course, and yeah. the manager at the time. So when I'd arranged it, or my committee arranged it, not me, I'm not supposed to be allowed to arrange anything. Um, Dave then lost his job with that nonsense that he was going through. Personally, that he got accused of all sorts of turned out to be absolute, yeah. which everybody mm. knew was rubbish. Um, and Glenn Hoddle took over. Mm. So I remember thinking, a bit selfishly, really thinking, oh, what's going to happen now? We'd, you know, the test one was booked in. <clears throat> Managed to get hold of um, the lady who was Dave's secretary and then Glenn Hoddle's secretary. And she said, no, no, it's all sorted. It's in the diary. And, all, and fair play, Simon brought the full squad, and it was it was a great it was a great night, great occasion for me and my family, and uh, something that obviously I'm really grateful to to the Oval Town for for granting me and was was had his testimony the same year, both of us. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a fantastic time for for all of my family. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, when you arrived at Yeovil five years earlier, did you think you'd be sticking around long enough to have a testimonial? Listen, you know, you, you enjoy places you play for and you want to stay. I had three years at Wigan. I didn't really, I didn't play a lot at Wigan, but I certainly enjoyed my time there because I, I went there and had my debut and, and a lot of boys came through Wigan around the same age as me. A lot of them went on and, and played quite high. Um, but then coming to Yeovil, it, it just felt, it just felt right. It was, it was, it, it was the right fit for me at the time. And, I know six years, three hundred eleven games later. You know, if you'd said that at the start, I would have snapped your hands off to be there for six years. And um, you know, it, it, it's a, probably the, the best part of my career, really. After David Webb goes, Colin Allison comes in. Another <laughs> another character, a very different character to David Webb. Um, how how was that relationship? Did you sort of hit it off and? Yeah, me, me and Ado got on really well. Um, he, you know, he, again, massive experience as a player and a manager. Worked in Spain, one of the first people to ever go to Spain and manage, really. Um, totally opposite to... I'd never had a manager like... No, maybe Danny Begara was 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 a little bit eccentric as well. And and Ado was certainly that. And um, he used to love a story. And people he used to pluck people out of the thin air. You know, I remember us meeting Ronnie Radford one game when we played Bolton in the FA Cup and then uh, Brian Clough turned up in a dressing room one day with Ado and, you know, I think the younger boys didn't really understand the level Ado had been at as a player, played for Arsenal and Sheffield United and, you know, is really well respected in the game and, and then doing what he did as a manager, home and abroad. Um, yeah, we, we were just such a young squad really at that time and you look back and the youngsters, who, who, you know, were coming through at the time it was probably a season too too early for us, really, and and we had we had another good FA Cup run. We I think we got to the quarter final of the trophy that year as well, and it just caught up with us in the end. I think we were nine points clear at one time with the game in hand, and and Rushton just 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 closed the gap, kept closing the gap, and and it, and they just pipped us at the end. Yeah, you, you mentioned the FA Cup there. We've mentioned one of your. <laughs> Less memorable FA Cup moments, but that game against Blackpool, again, in the absolute horrendous weather, um, is probably that probably goes down as one of the most iconic goalkeeping performances of any Yeovil goalkeeper. I mean, you're a you're a man possessed. What what was that like, especially with the, perhaps the ghost of the Cardiff on, on, on your back is on the TV and everything, wasn't it, that game? Yeah, it, it was really that year because I think we'd be Colchester as well, didn't we, at home? Yeah, um, no. We went, we stayed down in, um, uh, where did we go? We went overnight, I think it was, I can't remember, was it Torquay or Exeter, something like that, a Torquay, I think it was. Mm. We went overnight, um, a couple of nights before the, the Colchester game, and then and then we came back, and again, we battered them. What was, was it five? Five, five one, I think it was. Five, five, one, yeah. We battered them, and then... then um, and obviously draw Blackpool away on a Sunday live on Sky, and um, to say I was nervous, obviously because all I had was people reminding me about Cardiff, you know, the year before, two years, but whenever it'd been, and and yeah, I was I was a bit nervous going into that game, to say the least, like you know. So um, yeah, it was just one of those days. Everything fell for me, you know. <laughs> it gets you played on Sky now and then, and. And people always send me videos of it, and there's a few saves in there that I've made that you think, oh, I've got away with one there, and and that. But you ride your luck, and you make your own luck, and um, the, the the save right at the end of the free kick, it, it just 
just one of those things just it's just hit me in the shin and gone on the post you know but um yeah unbelievable. Don't, don't do yourself down if people uh, are going to give you a stick about the cardiff one take all the credit yeah no nah, listen it is what it is yeah. you know but i would just say well you're there to save them anyway you, know, you just do your job <laughs> Get that's the, the manager and you're talking in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the problem now but um i was unbelievable unbelievable for us the crowd that day and my brother was there my uncle was in the crowd and yeah, it was, it, and when when the TV camera pans to them, like I end up in the crowd, my brother and my uncle, it's, it's just days that guy you'd never forget, never forget. And um, listen, and, and I was fortunate; I had quite a lot of those. Yeah, we had I had the odd bad one as well at the over, but in the main, you know, the good ones far outweighed the the bad days, and um, and that's what I always take away from my my time at the club. That that squad was kind of it felt like it was starting to be a bit of a springboard. I mean, that game alone, I think Darren Way, Nick Crittenden, Michael McKindo, Terry Skiverton. Could you feel that something was happening at the club at that point? Yeah, we'd started training a lot more. Um, I'd been working for the, the period before that and the night got made redundant. So even I was travelling down, we'd start, we were training at Millfield then as well. And you could just see the group of the boys. Maybe I was training two days a week. They were training three maybe four, I can't remember what it was at the time. And we could just tell the group of boys that were there, you know, they, they were, they were, they were proper best mates. Then you had older ones like me and, and Waza and Tom was still around the place and um, could just see that they, they just gelled and got on. And they reminded me, our team that year reminded me of Cheltenham. Was it the year before or the year before that? Yeah. Cheltenham had come through the divisions um, with pretty much the same team that ended up in league in you know division league two as it was then and did ever so well there. You know, um, you know, they they all played together for so many years and they were really good mates. Because remember, we signed Jason Eaton from Cheltenham, and I used to travel with Jason quite a lot, and we used to talk about Cheltenham. And I always got on with all the Cheltenham boys, you know. As tough as the games were, you always shook hands at a beer later and, and spoke to them. And they were a tight knit, and and that group that, that my last year at the club with Skivo and Darren and people like that leading them, you know, um, they really were. They, you could you could feel something was going to happen. It almost happened that year, but then, you know, obviously I left that summer. Then they won the trophy the year after, and then got promoted after that. And the Gary, like you know, they, you know, but the nucleus of that team was 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 built around there, and then Gary added a few to it, and and you know, the rest is history, really. Then. Yeah, just I mean, just talking about that squad. One player we we spoke to on the podcast um, a, a few months back was uh, was Chris Wheel, who obviously yeah uh, he told us that when he when he came on that you you were his hero when he was uh, growing up. Obviously a yeovil lad. I mean, what was it like working with a with a young player like Chris as he's taken his first step and gone on to have a a brilliant career? I mean, what was he like to work with as a as a youngster? Yeah, you could you could see that season. I, I think I got injured away at Dover. Um, I had to come off halfway through the game. Somebody landed on, on my calf and I missed two or three games. And Chris came in and we were right in the mix. I remember we Kingstone in a way. I'd failed the fitness test before the game. And Chris made a save that day. I think we won 3-2 or 4-3. It was a mad game. And uh, Chris made a save that day and, and everybody was like, wow. that It was it was world class. Never mind a top save. It was, it was unbelievable. He tipped one over the bar. And but we all we all knew Chris was was developing into into a top keeper and, and he went on to have a fantastic career, you know. 
I keep in touch with him now, I'll give you a message now and then. And whenever I saw him, whether it was at Swansea or other clubs, you know, it was always great to see Chris. But um, yeah, you know, listen, I'm having the spine of a team. I left and Chris became that that number one and you know, top, top goalkeeper, fantastic keeper. And um, like I said, you could see it. You could see he was developing into a keeper. He had the size and his attributes, he had everything going for him, and um, and and he was such a calm presence as well for such a young lad. Um, it was no shock to see the career Chris had. He was a top keeper. Quite quiet as well, isn't he, for a goalkeeper? Aren't you all supposed to yeah, be a bit crazy, aren't you? He gives goalkeepers a bad name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Being a nice guy, what's that yeah. about? I'd say that about the lunatics, you know, they give <laughs> a bad name. But no, Chris was, um, yeah, the exception to the rule, you could say, but um, yeah, fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah. You've talked about that sort of squad and how it was developing <laughs> and, and growing. Um, that summer, you and Warren Patmore make the move to Rushton and Diamonds, follow them up into Division 3. Why, why was it the time to move? And, and when you saw what happened after you left, were there any regrets about not sticking around at Yeovil? No, I, I honestly can say I've never had any regrets in anything I've done in my career. You know, maybe the challenge that broke my leg the second time and ended my career, my, I think about that again. But in terms of decisions of moving and things like that, no. I, did, I didn't want to leave the club. Um, it was never about money. It was more about length of contract, and um, we just we just didn't agree on where where that where that, what I wanted really and what I wanted in in comparison to other people. Um, but listen, I left the club on really good terms. You know, everybody at the club, Brian, John Fry, um, everybody. I've got nothing but respect for everybody at the club when I was there, and um, there was a couple of league clubs that I spoke to. Um, Rushton was one of them Oxford was another one when I met Oxford and um, I thought I was going to go to Oxford if I'm honest and then that sort of fell through and I went to Rushton and had a couple of meetings uh, two or three meetings with Brian Talbot and um, it turned out to be a fantastic move for, for me and my family really although I didn't play a lot there that, that season I think they ended up selling me and I think it was the highest transfer fee that they, they'd had at the time Um but the whole experience of, of playing for Rushton, when we used to go there and play, they always used to like going to the stadium and see the surroundings, but then actually being a player there and the way you were treated and the way your family were treated was, was it, it was a great experience. And, and yeah, it, you know, I don't, I don't regret doing that. But at the same time, seeing what the lads achieved at Yeovil over the coming seasons, you know, gives you nothing but pride to be part of that club and part of the, the, the Yeovil Town family over, over time. And, um, they were, like I said, you could see it was coming. And obviously, Gary Johnson coming in, just maybe he was just that final piece of the jigsaw that managed to um, to get them over the line and move them forward. What What was it about Rustin? Because as you say, they had all the the makings of uh, of the team. They did. What, why <coughs> did it not work out there? Was there? I'm trying to think who the other goalkeepers they would have had then. Billy. Um, oh, Billy Turley. That's right. Yeah. yeah, he was there then, wasn't he? Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I really thought. I I force him out of the team. Mm. Um, I've, I've never been one to want to be a number two. And I, well, I left and I left because I didn't mm. want to. Don't want to say. I, I just don't get people who are happy sitting on benches and never wanted to be like that. That's why I dropped out of the league and come to Yeovil. Um, I went to. I knew Billy would start the season number one. He'd be. He missed nearly all pre-season. Um, and I played all the games. Did okay. He got fit about the week or so before. 
We played York away in the first ever league game. Was I scored the goal? We won one nil. Had to be Was it? And, uh, <laughs> and, and Billy was unbelievable that year. I'd like to think that I pushed him as much as I could. Um, you know, and that's why he performed the way he did. He got sent off two games on the bounce. The first game we'd already made three subs, so I couldn't go on. And then the next on the Saturday, then a late in Orient, he got sent off again. Came on. I saved two penalties in the game. Thought. I got to keep my place now. And Brian didn't pick me. He said, Well, he'll be in next week. He's have a three match ban. Played the three games. We didn't lose one. We drew, drew at home to Hart- No, we beat Hartlepool at home, drew away at Darlington and drew away at Exeter. And he left me out. So I went to see him. I said, Listen, you're obviously going to keep stick with Billy. And I, I understand that, but I'm not going to stay in if I'm not going to get a fair chance. You know? And for somebody who. Normally, when you don't play, you don't normally get on with the manager. But me and Brian Talbot, even now when I see him, he works for Fulham. He's like head of head of recruitment at Fulham. I got nothing but respect for Brian. Um, and like I said, he let me go. He said, right, once we get to so many points and we know we're safe, you can go on loan. We got to the points the next on the next day. I knocked his door and said, right, I, I want to go on loan. But then I had to sort my own line. I I phoned every conference club, apart from Yorval, because Wheelie was on fire. And uh, and Graham Wesley phoned me back and Farnborough and I went to Farnborough for for ten games I think. Then Billy got injured and I had to go back. Oh, we got to the playoff final. It was unbelievable. We went to, we went and played Jamaica in Kingston at the end of that season. It it was just a, a mad mad year, but it was something that um, it was great to be part of. It was Talk, talking about mad experiences. What was <clears> Graham <throat> Wesley like to? Graham Wesson. There's uh, there's a few stories about him. Have you have you got any? Well, I signed a four year contract at Farnborough, um, off the back of back of obviously the contract he gave me. Uh, <laughs> we drew Arsenal in the FA Cup, played Arsenal away, but we were home. Yeah, teams ever changed that. I think we were like seventh in the division at the time, with loads of games in hand as well. And uh, he left and went to Stevenage. Me and Graham. Me and Graham, I'm not going to say nothing I've not said about Me and Graham didn't see eye to eye. If I, if I had something to say in the dressing room, I'd say it. He didn't really like that. Um, there was a few of us at the time, older players, and um, he didn't he didn't like people having an opinion. He denies ever asking me to go to Stevenage, but that Sunday night after the Arsenal game, he phoned me and asked me, have I checked the train times to London? And I said, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> after that then, we've never spoken since. Never spoke since. Then he put his father-in-law in, in in charge of the club because he still owned it and that. And then I said something in the press, and he tried to he tried to get me fined by the league and the club tried to take my wages off me and everything. I, I it was you know it, it was sad to see really because the group was a decent group and we would have gone the playoffs that year definitely. And then we ended up just fighting for relegation, and and we stayed up, which was which which was a great great achievement with what was left because I think seven of the boys left. But um, the boys who stayed behind were, were tough lads and we all dug in because the club had good people, good supporters, and uh, we owed it to them to do everything we could and we stuck it out. And I remember the end of season duel being a hell of a night that night uh, because a certain person got hammered by everybody who, did, who, who picked their awards up and had their say in front of all the supporters. And, um, and then I left, the club went into administration. So my four-year contract was... Um, Worthless, really. But uh, thanks for that, Graham. 
<laughs> Still remember him fondly. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's not not too many Oval fans who remember Graham. Well, we sent off. Remember us playing? Um, we played at um... Dorchester, wasn't it? Yeah, and he got sent off and then thrown out the ground, yeah. didn't he? But even that night, the reception I had off the fans that night was unbelievable. We lost two 0 and um, but I was only getting it wasn't Hewish really, but uh, the fact it was it was packed out and. They sang my name all night, and um, yeah, that, that was that was special, special night. Even though uh, you lose two 0 but um, it's something that uh, I really appreciated. Uh, as you sort of moved into coaching, I remember you coming back as Swansea's <coughs> goalkeeping coach, and obviously the away team would have warmed warmed up in front of the away end. And I remember the ball coming all the way down after a goalkeeper had booted it far, and you came down right down to the. Well, it's now the Thatcher's end, and I remember you getting a nice sort of ovation from the supporters. What was it like coming back when you, you sort of came back to Yeovil, and how did you find making that move into coaching? Was it a, a natural thing that you always wanted to do? Yeah, I, I did my um, I did my B license while I was at Yeovil. I used to go to Bristol Rovers every Thursday afternoon, and it was a group of Bristol Rovers players, me, a couple of Bristol City players. So it was something that I always I knew I wanted to do or try to do. Um, so, so it started pretty early for me, really, and then um, then I went to Rushton and carried on. Did my goalkeeping qualifications at Rushton. Then, then after the Farnborough debacle, I moved back to Wales, and um, and then I got a job with the FAW. Then and and then played played semi pro in Wales, and then for Newport County. But whilst working as Swansea City goalkeeper coach and and working for the FAW, so you know, I think it, this year is my thirty third year in football. So you know. I've been extremely fortunate, really, to to have that time in the game and and worked with and played with the people I've I, I have. Yeah, and you you mentioned Swansea, but perhaps Hull as a as as a coach is the um I think was it eight years you you were there part of a team that <coughs> yeah. won was it league the league one title you won you were part of the coaching squad there. Well, I had nine years at Swansea. I had three years as goalkeeper coach. We, okay. we, we got promoted in League Two the same year as Yeovil. Um, won the Johnson's paint. I lost the playoff final the following season, missed a penalty to win it against Rod, uh, against Barnsley. Mm. So the three years as a goalkeeper coach were great. Then I had almost six years as academy manager at Swansea as well. Of course. And I left there in 2013 and went to Hull as academy manager. Did that for a few years with Steve Bruce and then Steve left and I moved up to the first team then. Um, mm. Apart from a few months away when Marco Silva came in, um, they brought me back and and... You know, it was a big decision for me to to leave that role. You know, I, I love the club, um, eight and a half years there, but I just just knew time was right for me to go. Really, you know, didn't shot at Avalanche, didn't want me to go, and I I went in last week to see them all, and it was nice to see them all, see the lads and and see the staff. But um, again, I got no regrets, no regrets. You know, if if you have regrets, then uh, you've obviously done something wrong, but. I made the decision that I wanted to have a go as being a manager. I knew it, it would be a massive risk, and it's it is a massive risk for me. But um, I just felt the time was right. But I also knew that I'd, I'd have to lower my expectations of where I was going to get a job. Really, I spoke to several people in the, in the summer. Um, nearly went in as a number two. I had a couple, two different people ask me would I go and be their assistants at, at good clubs, good level, really good level, and. Um, for one reason or other, they then turned the jobs down. Um, thought I was getting 
a manager job somewhere else and that fell through, even flew on from holidays on that one um, with the people who would come with me and then the next day that collapsed. Um, and then half a West job came up and I, my, uh, the assistant manager here is somebody I worked with at Swansea for a long time and, and I spoke to the chairman, he's got, he's got big plans for the club and um, you know, I wanted to be part of it, I wanted to be part of something exciting that I could, I could help with and, and help grow as well and that's what we're trying to do at the moment, you know, we, you know, the lead's been monopolised by TNS for, for far too long, well, for a long time. You know, they're the only full-time teams who expect them to win the league and they'll win it this year quite comfortably again. But but um, it's my opportunity to try and do something as manager and um, I'll do all I can to, to do the best I can. And have a West for people who aren't that familiar with the, with the well set up, obviously <laughs> geographically quite close to, to Swansea. So you still have a place down there, do your family there and stuff? Or? No, I, I've got a house in Hull. So right. It's, it's, it's quite, quite a long way from South Wales, yeah. Quite a commute. <laughs> um, I remember I had a phone call about going to Iran as an assistant manager. And um, I remember telling the missus, like, well, there's Iran and there's Halford West. <laughs> Quicker to get Iran, maybe. <laughs> no, well, I don't think there's much difference, really. <laughs> but um, obviously coming back home has got its benefits, my... My daughter's living in London, works in London. My boy's back in Swansea. He's in, he's in um, University of South Wales and he's at a club in our division as well. Um, so I have got to see my, my, my parents and, and the rest of my family a lot more now. But um, yeah, it's a drive and a half. It, it, it's, it's a fair trek, but um, it can't, I couldn't go any further further away if I was going to join the Welsh club. It's the, it's the furthest I could go, really. Without getting your feet wet, at least, yeah. Well, the beach is five minutes away, so it's not too bad, but um, it is what it is, and uh, we'll have a good go. Well, I'll have a good go, I know that. And have you ever come close to a return to Hewish Park? I mean, given your, your coaching background and your experience, <laughs> your name always pops up if ever the vacancies um, up there. It, has it never quite materialised? I've applied for it twice. Mm. On which occasions? I, I, that's not right for me to say which oh, right. <laughs> but there was no manager in place on both occasions when I applied for it but um, yeah I've, I've applied for it twice and uh, yeah not been successful well maybe one day who knows who knows what will happen in football you know at the moment my, my focus is on Alfred West and you know we've got a, we've got a plan and, and things we want to achieve at this club and um and I've signed a two-year contract with an officer of a third year, and um, you know the, the chairman and the board have been fantastic to me, and they've given well. The squad was already signed when I came in. We've we've only been able to sign because <clears throat> we we work under the transfer window as well, which is which is tough, like you know to to work under that restrictions in this league. But um, you know we're, we're doing all we can, and we're trying to make improvements on and off the pitch. And we've got some really good, talented young players, and. And at the moment, that's where my focus is. And I, I don't think of anything else. I really just get my head down and do this job to the best of my ability. Great. Spoken like a true manager, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I've, just, I've just come off the back of a three-game losing streak. And uh, it's amazing how many managers are sitting in the stand behind you after losing three games. But uh, I've always... Kenny Jackett was my first manager as a coach. I was, when I was goalkeeper coach at Swansea and... Um, Kenny said one day, the day you take a job, the day close to leaving it, 
and that's the way <laughs> I've always worked really you know I'm not night and I've been around a long time now there's always somebody looking to replace you or somebody waiting to take your job and <clears throat> you know you when it comes it comes you have to just accept it and, and move on some ways it's done is, is not ideal you know but um what can you do? You just, you just, you just, that's the nature of the beast that we're employed in, and um, and you just have to accept it. Otherwise, don't don't be part of it. You know that's what I tell people. It's no point whinging and moaning about it. But it happens to everybody, and it'll happen to me. So just get on with it. Well, best of luck for the rest of the season. Um, give TNS a run for their money. Um, before <laughs> before before we uh, <coughs> sign off and. Say goodbye for now. Um, is there any anything you'd like to say to the Yeovil supporters? I know everyone at the club, you know, hold you in high regard for all the, you know, all the games and appearances you made and all the memories you made. Was there anything you'd like to say to their supporters who are listening tonight? You know, the fact, you know, you, you've mentioned already, you know, whenever the job came up, um, I felt it was the time for me to possibly apply. I, I, I did because I still think that. I've got unfinished business really at the club. Um, or oh, I thought I had unfinished business at the club. And whenever I've gone back, whether it's with the youth team or to watch a game or 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 whenever really, you know, it's obviously a club that I look at the results. There's only there's only probably three or four clubs that I, I take time to chase and look all the time. And Yeovil's obviously cert- certainly one of those. And um I just remember that my, my my six years there, you know, my family, the way they were treated and and uh, the sport we were given by 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 the club, you know, Gene Cotton, Terry Cotton, there's so many people that you know I could list that are still involved with the club now, and it was just um, it just felt like home, and um, it was just a, it was just a great time to be around the place, and and uh, you know I've still got good friends there now, you know Mark Kelly, so a good friend of mine. I always speak to Kells, and and I know it's been tough the last few years, and you know with um, Maybe a lack of investment and and the support the, the 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 managers have been given. I know it's a tough time for Chris and Toddy at the moment as well. But um, you know, I'm sure it'll, it'll everything goes full circle. You know, I'm sure they'll be fine this season and and build and build and and who knows? You know, it's a big club. It's a fantastic club, and uh, it, it only deserves the best as far as I'm concerned. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time chatting to us and. We'll let you go. No, appreciate the opportunity. Really yeah, cheers, Tony. Thanks for that. No problem, dude. Cheers, Ian. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.